Welcome to the Valmica Property Investing Podcast, where I, your host, share the key to success in the Australian property investing market. I'm the founder of Valmica Buyers Agency. You can find us at valmicaproperty.com. The contents of this podcast are the personal opinion of your host and are intended for entertainment purposes only. Any financial advice must be obtained from your trusted financial advisor or a qualified professional. On this episode, the topic is units versus houses. And I take you through the history of how houses had actually outperformed units. And this was, was during the pandemic boom. And now how this has switched and why. But before we go into that topic, let's go through the results of auctions throughout the country for this weekend, ending the 30th of July, 2023. So starting off with New South Wales, a 69.5% auction clearance rate with Sydney very strong at 72.4%. That's a 4.7% increase. And just to illustrate how strong it is compared to last year, Last year, the auction clearance for this week was 50.82%, so significantly lower than we are now, so it just shows you the strength. Then moving on to Victoria, Victoria had a 68.7% clearance rate, with Melbourne clearing at just below 70%, to 69.9%. We compare that to this time last year. Melbourne had a clearance rate of 51.97%. So it just shows the rebound in, in property clearance rates over the last year. Western Australia <clears throat> still showing a pretty weak clearance rate at 42.8%. However, this is, this is up 14% from a week ago. But Perth... Um, in isolation, only a 22% clearance rate, and that's 11% down from a week ago. Moving on to South Australia, still the strongest clearance rate out of the major states, and South Australia clearing at 83% this weekend, with Adelaide clearing at 82.8%. So if we compare Adelaide uh, to a week ago, you're looking at 8% um, improvement from a week ago on clearance rates. Queensland is um, not as strong as the other states. And with, clearing, with, with Queensland state itself clearing at 57.6%, which is around a 3% uptick from a week ago. However, what's surprising is Brisbane has actually had a weak clearance rate this weekend, and that's at 58%, which is 5% down from a week ago. Okay, so moving on to this week's topic. So we go back in time, let's go back to 2020 as a reference point. So in 2020, we had the pandemic and there was a sharp slowdown in economic activity. And if you recall, the reserve banks around the world all jumped in together and they cut interest rates very aggressively all the way down to zero. And on top of this, they implemented fiscal stimulus packages and they also 
um, performed quantitative easing, which is the purchase of bonds and with that cash then entering the system, so increasing the amount of cash supply into the system. So they injected through MPC from, that is monetary policy stimulus and through fiscal stimulus, they stimulated the economy very aggressively by injecting a wall of cash into the system. <clears throat> and of course, what this did a couple of months later was the start of a property boom because of all this cash available. So what happened at the time as well, the work from home trend and the halt in immigration because of the pandemic drove demand for larger properties. So why am I throwing the immigration mix in there? And why I'm throwing that in there is because when people immigrate to Australia, they initially always go for apartments to, to purchase or to rent, for example. Now, because you've had this halt in immigration, the demand side that immigration would create for units had basically disappeared. However, you still got all this wall of cash. So unit prices did go up in value because people were, were buying them. However, they wouldn't have gone up to the extent they could have if immigration was still there. So that basically um, was one of the reasons why units performed well, but not as perform, didn't perform well as, as um, homes, freestanding homes. Then to add to the de extra demand for freestanding homes, be money aside and the cash aside, the amount of cash available in the system, the work from home trend made people rethink their lifestyle. So because they're able to work from home, they wanted to live in bigger homes with, with gardens. So what this did was it created that need and that demand for homes. And people were able to move away from, say, apartment living closer to the cities and moving out to suburbs a little bit further away from the city uh, with bigger homes and more space. So what that did was it just created this huge demand for, for freestanding homes. And that, were, that was the main driver. So this, this demand obviously caused an acceleration for property, freestanding property, such as homes. And if we take an example, so if you look at Sydney, the Northern beaches, some of the areas grew by more than 40%. And it was primarily driven by freestanding homes. And to take another example, we're moving further out of Sydney. So it's no longer in Sydney anymore, the central coast, <clears throat> the central coast had one of the largest growth rates, even more so than some of the premium areas closer to Sydney, it just boomed, it really boomed. And it was purely driven by that work from home dynamic. Okay, so moving on to, let's say a year ago. So as we all aware, high inflation came through and this was driven by all the stimulus from the, uh, all the monetary and fiscal stimulus from the pandemic. So all that pent up cash available, just drove inflation. And as a result, the reserve banks 
changed course and they started on aggressive interest rate hikes. So of course, that, what that naturally does is, <clears throat> and I've spoken about this in previous podcasts, it starts off with the psychology of people stopping to buy because of uncertainty and then moving on to actual people starting to struggle with um, cash flow serviceability on the back of high interest rates. So basically property declined in value. <clears throat> and this looks like it reached the bottom from evidence that we now have in February of this year. But what happens from then was the speculation turned from us still being in an aggressive hiking cycle to uh, being at a pivot point where we've reached the top of interest rates. Therefore, the next move or the next cycle will be interest rate cuts. So it's speculative buyers came back in. And this halted the decline in property prices and um, started to turn the tide and property prices started to increase. But what has happened in that, in the cycle we're in now, when we look at unit prices, when compared to house prices. Now, <clears throat> we've seen an acceleration in both. So houses have performed well and unit prices have performed well. However, unit prices have outdone freestanding homes in this cycle. But why is that the case where before houses had outperformed unit prices? And it's got to do with two main factors. One is high rental yields. So because property became less affordable and more people went to rent and where they normally go for renting is through smaller properties in the form of units. So the demand for those units increased on the back of affordability because no one could afford to, to buy anymore. They, they chose to rent. So the demand increased there. <clears throat> and then secondly, and the very, very major influence of, of the surge in unit prices when compared to houses has got to do with the catch-up in immigration. So since our borders have opened after the pandemic, we are playing catch-up and playing catch-up with the amount of immigrants coming into the country. So for this year so far, over 500,000 immigrants have come into the country and they need a place to stay. And as mentioned before, the first port of call for immigrants when they come into the country is usually units. So they seek units because they're usually cheaper than, than freestanding homes. The demand has increased for it. And as a result, unit prices have accelerated. And you can see this, this dynamic in the numbers. So vacancy rate for rentals have decreased substantially. They're, they're sitting at around 1%. And that's increasing demand for rentals. This spurs investors to look at units because they can get great rental yields. And they have jumped into the market on the back of these low vacancy rates to take advantage of this and the high rental yields and purchased the units more so than freestanding homes. And this, just to show you the extent of how these rental yields have increased, Sydney rentals have increased by 19% on average and Melbourne and Brisbane by 16%. And as I mentioned, these vacancy rates at a mere 1%. So this is just a recipe for demand from investors who are sitting on the sidelines. Now, if we combine this for with another factor, 
So this is on the demand side. If we look at the supply side as well, there is a huge property supply shortage in Australia and especially from off the plan projects. So off the plan projects have just plummeted and construction costs have surged. And there've been many company closures that these are construction companies on the back of this. But how, how did the supply shortage happen? And, and why have so many of these companies gone bankrupt? And it's primarily got to do with what happened with the pandemic. So with the pandemic, China, basically lagged the world in coming out of um, lockdowns. So what this did was most of the materials of the world comes from the manufacturing powerhouse of the world, and that's China. And because they were in lockdown, the world was not able to get materials. And this is finished materials in order to build with. And because of that, prices have just skyrocketed. And on the back of these um, material shortage and the results in increasing price of that fixed contracts that builders go into were not um, they were not able to meet them and as a result they've gone bankrupt in the, on the on top of it and these construction costs haven't come down as of yet and as a result it's making it less viable for those construction companies that have survived this period of turmoil of higher prices and there are less approvals for more property um, construction projects going forward into the country. So you've got the demand side, and then you've got a decrease in supply because of this dynamic. And as a result, property prices just increase on the back of it, and in particular units, because that's where the most demand is. So now I'm going to combine this with some anecdotal evidence from me, um, you know, from me moving around in the market on the weekends and going to auctions and just from what I'm seeing on the ground. So units are selling very quickly. So from what I've seen, once they're listed, it takes a week or two and they're basically sold. So the demand is strong. The good news is <clears throat> property prices, even though there's this huge demand and shortage of supply, are still below the peak we had in 2021 in terms of their prices. So it's still there's still opportunity to grab properties at a lower price than they were a year or two ago. So now's a good time as any to jump into the market and, and take advantage of the lower prices while they last because they won't last for long. And especially when um, in inflation becomes under control, which there's increasing evidence that there will be, and we move into the next cutting cycle, which will fuel the next property boom. And if we're starting the next property boom already with a supply shortage and the demand is just going to increase from here, you can imagine what that's going to do to property prices. So freestanding property is still great. There's opportunity there. Those prices are going up, but units are really, really starting to accelerate. I hope you got some value out of this podcast and I look forward to speaking with you on the next one.
Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Valmica Property Investing Podcast. I hope you find our discussion insightful and empowering. If you are interested in finding out more about our services at Valmica Buyers Agency, visit our website at valmicaproperty.com. There you'll discover how we can assist you in making informed decisions and achieving your property goals. See you on the next episode.